0: guys, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be a fun episode with my friend Brendan Burns over at KUYU. Before we get to the podcast, guys, I want to thank the following sponsors. I want to thank GoHunt.com, the gear shop, my friend Cody Nelson of 20 plus years. Uh, He's over there selling optics. He's the optics manager. If you guys have any optical needs at all, whether it be binos, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, Tripods, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call 702 847 8747. That's extension two. Uh, you can also send him an email at optics at gohunt.com. Uh, Cody's been uh, treating a lot of the J. Scott Outdoors uh, podcast listeners very good over the last couple of months and the last couple of years. I want to thank Go Hunt for their sponsorship. I also want to remind you guys that the Go Hunt Insider is going to be releasing their Arizona draw odds here. Uh, this week, if you're not already a Go Hunt Insider member, go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott. You're going to get a $50 GoHunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. Uh, I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Uh, you're going to hear from Brendan Burns of Kuyu. Uh, go to Kuyu.com. That's K-U-I-U.com. Uh, to find out more information about the best ultralight hunting gear on the market. I also want to thank PhoneScope. Use the JSCOT19, excuse me, it's 2020 now, JSCOT20 uh, promo code. By the way, the JSCOT19 still works, uh, but use the JSCOT20 promo code. You're going to save 10% there at PhoneScope.com. I also want to thank OnXMaps.com. Uh, it's been a full year now. OnX is still a sponsor of the podcast, and I appreciate their support uh, go to onxmaps.com, use the jscott20 promo code, and you're going to get a 20% discount there uh, onxmaps.com. Guys, let's get right to this episode with Brendan Burns.
1: Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we're going to have some fun with Brendan Burns of KU. Brendan, how are you doing?
2: Doing well, Jay. How are you?
1: Oh, good. I'm looking forward to having you on. We've got a bunch of... Uh, uh, instagram follower and podcast uh, uh listener questions here for Kuyu and i figured i'd get you on here and we bang through a bunch of them uh before we do that you have actually uh it's been a while since we've talked uh on the podcast yep, <laughs> the, yeah last time i think you were preparing to go on your doll sheep hunts uh i believe you had one in the northwest territories and one in alaska how did they go Oh, it was a great summer, yeah. I uh yeah, I had a
2: I hunted uh with my bow and the N W T at Canola Outfitters and it was uh yeah, it'd been a long time coming. I've uh probably my kind of nemesis has been a doll sheep with a bow and I was finally able to, to arrow a really nice ram. Had a had an awesome hunt up there with uh with Glenda and uh you know my buddy Johnny Niker came in, and guided me and it was uh yeah, just a phenomenal hunt. Can't say enough about it and successful and you know, one of those deals where it's been been after a doll with my bow for, I think, a little over 50 days of hunting, which is, you know, that's a lot of opportunity, <laughs> um, and finally finally made it happen, finally caught a really nice ram in a good spot and was able to air him, um, which was, which was yeah, just one of those things that you check off uh, that I've been pushing for for a long time, so I was pretty excited about that, and then yeah, they had a really, really cool trip, uh, don't normally get to do two back-to-back doll sheep hunts, but just kind of the way the timing worked out. Um, hunted in Alaska at Ultima Thule um, in the Wrangles, which was just one of those places I've always wanted to, ch- to go. You know, the the history of dull sheep hunting kind of starts in the Wrangles in that country, and it was just awesome to see. And we had a phenomenal trip. Um, it was one of the harder hunts I've ever done. We definitely covered some massive country. But uh, Jason Whitman, our uh, supply chain manager and, and uh, uh, VP of the supply chain at PU came with me and it uh yeah, it was an awesome trip. Uh Jason killed a uh hundred and sixty nine inch doll sheep which is just an absolute whopper. Um, and then uh I shot the uh the smallest uh forty one and a half, fourteen and a half inch base, hundred and sixty six inch doll coming on the trip, so we killed two huge rams, had a had a had a great hunt, just got to see some really iconic country that I've read about and heard about and you know when you look through the record books and see where some of the biggest sheep in history have come from, it was just really cool to get in that country. Uh, uh, Jay Stanford guided us; just just an awesome dude. And we had a uh, we had a lot of fun. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really good fall,
1: Brendan. When you talk about the first hunt and doll sheep um, archery hunting doll sheep, and you know having fifty days, someone that shoots as well as you do is can get around as well as you do. How much of archery doll sheep hunting is just having a ram, like you said, in the right place at the right time? I, I mean, I know that's like all hunting, but, you know, from an archery standpoint, you know, how important is it to just be able to have that ram in the right spot?
2: It's it's really important. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you kind of, there's some of that stuff, doll sheep hunting, where you just can't make it happen. And I've definitely screwed up on a couple since. I missed a huge ram in 2012 which will probably haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, And that was really the only shot, the only time I've had a shot opportunity at a doll sheep since 2012. And I, you know, on this trip, we found a a really nice ram right away and made a couple different plays on him, and I almost killed him twice. Uh, And just zigged when he should have zagged. One time, we, you know, they were coming up the mountain, and and I was in... we, we. Johnny and I both, we, we we basically looked at each other like, are they going to come this side or that side? And it was like, I think both of us deep down there, they were going to go on the other side of this notch, but it kind of looked like they were heading our way and the logical place would have been the other side, and we just picked the wrong one and came by us too far and, and, you know, ended up not getting them. So a lot of it's just getting in the right spot. The, the ram I ended up killing was in a really difficult spot, and uh, we just waited him out, and eventually he fed down and disappeared. I went after him by myself. Um, it was it was on some you know in a big rock face it wasn't it wasn't even that great a country to stock a sheep in fact it was a terrible place to stock a sheep but there happened to be a big lip there and there was a, a couple trees growing out of it and uh, he was just down there picking some leaves off of off these trees and I was able to slip in on him in in kind of a pounding rain and shot him at 40 and, and 50 I didn't shoot him twice and yeah just just right right place at the right time and you know just you, same with same with me, you know, being in the right place at the right time. I've, you know, been in a lot of doll sheep country, and, you know, a lot of it just doesn't work out. I mean, there's my first doll sheep hunt in 2008, I packed my bow for 11 days before I shot one of the rifle, and I never even got to strap my release on. So um, it just never had a stock opportunity. And, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of times when you're bow hunting, it doesn't matter what you do, if they're in a, especially with sheep or or goats, you know, if they're in a place you can't get them, there's really nothing you can do about it. It's nothing like you can go you know push them around or um you know they're they're just you can't get to them so um yeah it was it was was awesome to finally catch one in the right spot and um you just keep doing it
1: enough and eventually it works your way you know brendan you kind of identify as primarily a bow hunter i mean certainly you will rifle hunt and, and you do rifle hunt but correct me if i'm wrong i mean you you pretty much you think like a bow hunter you are a bow hunter and you know most animals you hunt with a bow is doll sheep or sheep in general one of those that year in and year out when you're doing these hunts, you just decide that, hey, I'm going to do most of these with a rifle? Or how, how do those come your way and what's kind of your thought process? Whereas some bow hunters, you know, kind of let me further this question. Whereas some bow hunters, they're like, I only hunt with a bow. I, you know, I only, but they're succe- they're not very successful, to be honest with you. Um, they don't shoot a lot of things. You shoot a lot of things, both with your bow and with the gun. But I'm just wondering where your, the mental aspect of, you know, no, I'm definitely bringing uh, a rifle on this. Where does that play in?
2: Um, for me, it's played in basically on opportunity as a part of it. You know, the, the NWT hunt, I, I, didn't, I was not going to bring a gun. I mean, just, just, we had a gun actually as protection for bears because there's a lot of bears around. But I, I told John, like, at no point in time is that even an option. Like, it's not not even an option. We're either killing with a with a bow or I'm going home without one and I'm comfortable eating my tag. And I think that's part of the way to get to it. Um some of the thing for the rifle on for me is, you know, where where we went at Ultimate Thule and the Wrangles, it's just not bow hunter country um, at all. And it's just big, nasty, massive glacier. Um it was just massive, huge country that it's you know, you could bring a bow, but you're odd, like again I'm looking for a great big ram as well. Um, you know, Alaska has a one-in-four law now. You can only kill a ram every four years. So I was prepared to leave that hunt without a sheep, too, unless it was a giant. You know, it's by far my biggest all-sheep, you know, 167, 166 and 6-8 or something like that. Um, just a, it's a, you know, it's a 41-and-a-half-inch ram. I was looking for a giant ram. Now, if you took a bow on that hunt, you're probably not even going to get a stock. It's just not the kind of country where, and if you do see, you, you're kind of going to have to stock anything, that you get a chance at. For me, on that one, I, I was hunting for a giant. And wherever a giant took us, and, and where I killed, I shot a cross canyon at 400 yards and couldn't have got one millimeter closer. So that's an opportunity I would have never had. So it just depends on some bow hunters eliminate themselves from hunting um, some of the hunts um, based on opportunity that it, it's just not practical. I mean, for example, the, the, the last elk I shot with a rifle in, in Wyoming was in 2013, and it was, I got that late-season tag. <clears throat> now, I could have taken my bow and went and walked around in crunchy snow and scared everything under the sun, or, you know, I, I didn't. I picked up a rifle, and we went and killed a giant bull using, you know, everything we had to, to get it done, and it was as challenging as any hunt you could be on. Now, you could take a bow, but it's not that practical, and a lot of times with, with, with sheep, it's the same way. Like, I don't want to eliminate myself from hunting some of these places that are, you know, extremely difficult to get to or, or, or especially looking for great big sheep. I mean, I'm not as picky with a bow. That's just a fact. Um, the doll sheep that I killed this fall is it's a beautiful ram, the one I killed with a bow. Um, but that's not a ram I probably would have shot with a rifle. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to finish trying to get a grand slam with a bow. And so it just depends, you know, like when it comes to, and it depends on your threshold for pressure as well. You know, like stone sheep, they're expensive. There's just no two ways about it i you know i always tell guys that are they call me about you know i had already taken a stone sheep with a rifle when i went and hunted stone sheep with a bow and, and i just said i'm either going to leave without one or i'm going to get one um i believe you have to do that a lot of times in the archery hunting and, and i got lucky and, and, and got one but um you know it just it just depends on where you're at and it depends on the opportunity depends on the area and like i said i don't, don't want to eliminate A really awesome hunt just because it's not practical to take a bow and you know i I enjoy rifle hunting as well so it's just kind of let's kind of look at each one individually but i I primarily call myself you know i I prefer to bow hunt i guess is the best way to say it
1: for sure awesome all right um i know we'll get into a bunch of different stuff too with these questions um so i might as well just dive into the questions And uh, get get started here. So uh, need pants in long sizes, thirty six inch inseam.
2: Well, you're in luck now. We uh, we now make attack pants in thirty seven and thirty one, um, and those can be unhemmed to thirty three and thirty nine, I believe, and that's that's new on the site and in, in attack pants. So we do have, I believe, they're the longest pants that anybody offers. So they're they're available.
1: Um, Brendan, in in. With that being said, you know, there's been a call for a 36-inch or longer inseam for a long time. It seems like you guys offered them in the attack pant. I know a subsequent question that would follow would be, um, will they ever hit any of the other pants? Will it be a judgment call and see how the attacks go and see how many orders go with, you know, the 36 or, or longer? Is that kind of the thought that Kuyu has, you know, in making those longer inseams?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to believe on on, on, uh, on how many would, you know, yeah. what the uh, you know how demand many want and there, yeah, what the demand is. Um, if there's a super high demand, I don't know that we have any other plans for anything else right now. Um, but yeah, it's going to depend on the
1: demand. Okay. Uh, let's see. Question here. I have the 7200 Pro Pack because it sways, it creaks. Any good way to get that to stop?
2: yeah the best way is to clean it you know it's it's the basically the 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 packs are three things there's the suspension the frame and the bag and every year that one of the cool things about our about the the pro system or the or you know depending if you have the ultra or whatever it is um you just take all apart um fully pull everything apart and wash everything i do it pretty much after every hunt if it's if you're getting a squeaking it's it's dust for sure i mean we have Nevada, Utah—guys that drive around on four wheelers a lot and get that just crazy amount of dust in there—that's where the squeak comes from, and just just needs to be cleaned. Um, yeah, that's that would be my best uh, best advice.
1: Okay, anything we can do to make the Super Down Pro jacket less noisy? Um,
2: get a Kenai Ultra. Um, you know, we have we make the we make the Kenai. It's active insulation, and it's very quiet. Um, the Super Down Pro, it's designed to be the lightest, most packable, you know, standalone insulation piece. You know, the down requires a liner under the fabric to keep it from migrating through, which makes the jacket more noisy. But uh, yeah, I would say if you're if the if sound is is your biggest thing, I would uh, go with the Kenai.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I'd second that. Uh, is the Kutana Stormshell pant durable enough to be worn a lot or only when it rains, mostly Arizona hunting? Um, I would
2: say if you're in Arizona, I mean, you guys specialize in all this stuff with uh, thorns and stuff on it, I would say it's it's definitely the most durable rain gear. Um, you know, being a rain pant with a membrane built in, I recommend keeping it from getting punctures. Um, if you was is it like for brush busting and stuff, I would say there's no rain gear built like that. Um, It is very durable, and I've worn it as a primary pen quite a bit now, uh, especially on sheep hunts. But if you're busting, you know, if you're around stuff that's going to poke holes in it, I mean, obviously that makes it so it's not waterproof. So I would would say it it, it can be. It it would just depend on what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of, you know, being an Arizona guy myself, I mean, the Arizona guy has got to understand that we have some of the brush that, you know, nowhere else in the country has. And the reality is, it very you know it doesn't rain very often down here as it is, um, and if you know if you're planning on brush busting, like you said, any any membrane that gets punctured has the you know chance and potential of leaking, and so you know there's there's other pants that I would look at that I would wear for brush busting, but I've found the Kutana Stormshell pant to be unbelievably durable um it's kind of my go-to that i'm carrying on most all of my hunts. um really like the kutana pants and, and jacket and you know you still have that lightweight real lightweight but you've got that little edge of extra durability say compared to the chugach um so really really uh, like that kutana storm shell for sure uh Kenai ultra or new elements jacket for keeping warm while glassing in arizona
2: um, for keeping warm of us uh, I'd say the Superdown pro for that application if I was going to pick one that we make um, I don't I have a ton of I actually don't have an elements jacket I didn't get one uh, they sold out so fast um, so I, I know about the technology it, but I, I have not um, used that I you know I pretty much use everything but there is sometimes other people have tested stuff that I that I, you know and I don't have a lot of uh, experience with the elements so um, but if, between the Eye Ultra or the elements, if you're talking about glassing and staying warm, I'd say the Down Pro is my go-to for, you know, just a long glassing session. It's the warmest.
1: Yeah, and yeah, Brendan, to further that, I mean, people need to understand, like, the Eye Ultra, I mean, it's the perfect jacket for spot and stock. It's the perfect jacket for, you know, wearing as you're hiking up a ridgeline and glassing off both sides when you're moving um, he's talking about keeping warm while glassing. I mean, I can't agree with you more in the fact that, you know, when you're sitting and doing those long, you know, three, four, five-hour sits, especially on some of the cold um, mornings in, in Arizona, the Super Down Pro is by far what I would lean to the most because that's the jacket you want to wear when it's, you know, you're stationary. Um, you know, that's not the jacket that you want to – the Down Pro is not the jacket that you want to wear when you're really hiking a lot and exerting a lot of energy – Um, because it's not going to breathe well. The Kenai Ultra, it's a synthetic jacket. That's the one you want that you're going to be wearing when you're moving a lot and, and, you know, popping off ridges and looking down off points and stuff. Uh, What's the best way to repair down pants in the field?
2: So the best way to repair, um, whether it's Super Down Pro, basically anything we have in the field um, would be either Tenacious Tape or you can call up, the uh, customer service and we actually have a repair patch that they'll send you uh, three and a half by three and a half and it works phenomenal um, and it can be used on it can be basically used on any piece of apparel that we make um, so that, that's that's a new option that just came out but Tenacious Tape also works great.
1: Yeah and, and Tenacious Tape is often known as you know people carrying it to you know patch or repair their tents. Um, I would add that you know the, the thing about the down pants if you do uh, puncture them you don't want the down to come out because as soon as you lose the down obviously it's gone forever um so the you know the best thing you definitely want to get that covered up um and tenacious tape always is in my pack anyway that's a perfect thing and this new this new repair kit sounds like something just to have um because you don't want that down it's you know you paid for it it's expensive uh, good you know quality polish down you want to make sure that you uh you don't have it, you know, blowing all over the hillside.
2: Uh, unless you need a unless you need to know which way the wind's going and then everything <laughs> out work.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, best pant, let's see, best pant and jacket combo for hunting uh, in northern old Mexico.
2: I'm gonna to defer to you on that one. Uh, I guess it would depend on the weather, it would depend on your exertion, it would depend on a lot of different things. But uh, in the summertime I'd say uh, Tiburon and 125 Marino, but uh, I, I'm guessing he's probably asking later in the
1: season, huh? Yeah, I mean, or, it, he, doesn't, he doesn't specify here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say as an overall, Brendan, I've been very happy with the Kutana pants um, down here. On, I wore it all, the Kutana pants on um, both desert sheep hunts that I did down here, and it did really well in the brush. I'm very durable, but yet lightweight, um, and I think the Kutana is the perfect... Pant for, you know, some of those early season coos deer hunts, even bow hunts, um, the Kutana pant. Um, you know, I just think that's a great way to go. And, and I think, again, talking about the, you know, the Tiburon, the Tiburon's phenomenal because it probably breathes better than any um, material that you guys have out there in pant. I mean, I wear either Tiburon pants or Tiburon shorts every day. That's, those are my everyday, you know, around town, to the office, Um, whatever. I either wear Tiburon shorts or Tiburon pants, and they are phenomenal. But best pant and jacket combo, you know, as far as jacket, I think, you know, we've already talked about the Kenai Ultra, you know, for the active wear, um, you know, for moving around. And then, you know, you've got the Ultra Down, that would be for when it's not as cold and, you know, sitting and glassing and doing some of that. But then the Super Down Pro Jacket, Um, I think is one that you want when you've got those really cold mornings because it's not that much heavier and you get basically twice the insulation. Um, The other one that I might point out would be uh, maybe the Kutana um, jacket uh, or, you know, potentially maybe the, um, you know, the guide jacket too as well. Those are, you know, those aren't insulation pieces, but they're definitely um, good pieces just to keep you, you know, keep that little bit of cold off of you that, that you might, Uh, get down in northern uh, Sonora, Mexico. Uh, Question here, why so expensive? Uh, You can't tell me it costs that much to make one. I don't know exactly what make one means, but why so expensive, Brendan?
2: Well, I can't tell you it does cost that much. (laughs) I can tell you for a fact. Um, You know, we use the best fabrics and technology. Um, We build in the best factories. Um, You know, we have the highest quality zippers and hardware, our you know, for example, like our town is by far the best performing independently task treated town in the industry. I mean, it's not even close. Um, start to say, feature for feature, we offer more than anyone else. And uh, you know, with our consumer direct model, we um, we price it extremely fair. So I can say, uh, yeah.
1: You know, one of the things people have to understand is when you get into technical gear, you know, Brendan, a lot of guys that aren't used to technical gear and maybe they don't hunt in, um, you know, hunts that require technical gear. And I got to be honest, a lot of the Arizona guys and some of the guys in the Southwest that don't see those extremely wet and extremely cold conditions, you know, it's sometimes uh, okay to get away with, you know, a Carhartt pan and a cotton shirt. But Would you agree that the technical fabrics and the technology that Kuyu has, you really see that shine when it comes to cold, wet, and miserable, you know, up there with Lance or, you know, up there up up north? And, I mean, even hunts around here, as soon as you add wet and cold, that's when these fabrics shine. Um, Talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I would say it's hard to, you know, where we're at is, you know, when you talk about comparable in price versus comparable in performance, um, I feel like KU is uh, anything that's comparable in price doesn't stack up with performance, and anything that's comparable in in performance is a heck of a lot more expensive. Um, almost piece for piece, whether it's in 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 the hunting industry or it's in um, in the mountaineering industry or anything else. I mean, that's the the greatest thing about our Consumer Direct. You know, we we build it and we sell it directly to you. There's no middleman and um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said there. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you can tell the difference in performance when you really need it.
1: Good question here. How can you get gear that is lighter than First Light and Sitka but more durable?
2: You know, like like our uh, catchphrase always is, really through relentless innovation. I mean, we, we set a goal. I mean, you know, for like, for example, with Katana, we're using the newest technology gained through a mechanical stretch in our fabric. You know, we eliminated the use of elastics for performance and as a byproduct also made it more durable. Um, We we just look at everything at solving the problem with the best fabrics and the best designs. Um, You know, as far as piece for piece, you know, I I don't know what they're referring to, but it's, uh, it's, it's just a different model and a different way
1: that we go about it. Can you make a, let's see, can you make a lightweight glove without the finger foam material?
2: We definitely could. Um, I think that's pretty much standard in, in gloves anymore. And I, I believe if we did switch that out, we get far more questions saying, "Why don't you make a glove that we can? Use, I can use my phone on." So
1: we've got I'll a statement on. But I don't know. <laughs> we've got a statement here. Thanks, Jay and Brendan, for doing this. You're welcome. Um, Thanks for the question. Let's see. Yeah, what was the? F- what was your favorite hunt this year, Brendan?
2: impossible to pick favorite hunts. I mean, uh you know, killing a doll sheep with my bow was was a huge goal, checked off the list and it was it was an awesome hunt and, you know, I've been planning it for a long time. Uh the Alaska doll sheep hunt was incredible, you know, watching you know, having your buddy shoot his first ram and, and the biggest thin horn you've ever put your hands on. That was pretty awesome. And then had a couple I, I arrowed a really nice white tail with, with uh with my son with me out of a ground blind, um, which was awesome, you know, my wife killed a big buck this fall with me and Lucas with her, like, they're, they're all great, they all have, um, things that, that are the most memorable, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all great, it's hard to pick.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, if you're anything like me, I mean, you end up going on enough hunts, it's almost like, they all kind of start to blend together and it, it, it's it's hard to be like this is the fav- most favorite hunt I've ever done I, I can't say that I could answer that question you know very well myself as far as picking one particular one I think too as you mature as a hunter you just enjoy it all you enjoy everything about it sometimes even when you know st- when it sucks and there's you know it's tough and you're grinding and you know some of those things are some of the parts of the hunts that you remember the most but I'm kind of with you. It's kind of hard to pick a favorite.
2: Uh, so yeah, what it depends is, on who you're with, too. You know, any, any more um my favorite hunts, like, I, I pretty much only hunt with people that I really enjoy hunting with. So I think they're all really memorable because it depends on who's with you. and, you know, mm-hmm. I had a, had a really cool hunt um, this fall. I was able to take uh, Don donald trump jr out and and kill a really nice white tail and a a cow elk and that was cool like they're all really cool so i think it depends on the people that you're with and um and a lot of it now is country too like i have a lot of places i just really want to see and to go see new country that you haven't seen before you've heard about or read about and um yeah they're all you know i i I try not to go on any bad hunts so that kind of limits all those
1: yeah all right, What is the most durable outerwear in the Kuyu line? Is there a brush busting jacket?
2: Um, I would say the Katana stuff would would fall into what we would overall call the most durable, and as a brush busting jacket, I don't know. Maybe the, the Katana soft shell. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, they're they're just pretty darn durable.
1: Yeah, I would I would second that. That Kutana soft shell is awesome. Uh, How's the ultralight tripod coming along? Still
2: coming along. Uh, it's going to be exciting when it's done. Um, still still working on some stuff, making it perfect. You know, it's one of those uh, development things that's taken a long time and just kind of run, run into a few things that weren't ideal and trying to solve the problem on them. And, uh, yeah, we've got some, some really good feedback, Some uh, put some pretty good use on it. So it'll be, uh, I can't say when it'll be done, but it's going to be a neat thing when it's done.
1: This question says, "Are they that good?" I don't even know what what are they that good. What they're referring to? Um, must, be, but must be talking about you, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. The rumor is true. Uh, <laughs> next question: Any chance we could get two straps on the carbon frame to secure meat right to the frame?
2: Um, we build a load hauler that spreads the meat all the way across the frame. So I would say um, in certain times that may work, but at the end of the day, you'd be better off uh, buying a load hauler.
1: Any plans to make the Elements jacket in more earth-type colors or bias or Verdi 2.0?
2: Um, not at this time, uh, the elements jacket, that, that fiber ball technology, which is, is a really cool technology, um, that we're going to be doing some more stuff with, but we can't print that in camel because, uh, the fabric has baffles sewn into it. Um, so it'll be solid only right now.
1: Wondering if Tallis pant will ever have knee pads and can you offer removable knee pads?
2: So the callus pant does have knee pads. It's got a waterproof uh, seat and leg from the mid thigh down and the back, um, and I I feel like we have the best knee pad in the industry. Period. Um, you know that ultra suede is, is it's, it's I, I don't I don't think anybody has one that's even remotely close. Um, as far as reno- removable knee pads, we've messed around with that. I've tried everybody else's. I I don't think that's a great option. They're kind of sloppy and um, I can't see that a removable knee pad will be something that we um, that we're going to be working with.
1: What stove fits with the Summit stove jack? Also, what is the weight of the full kit? Ooh, that's going to be a t-
2: off the top of my head. So I think any stove with a two and a half inch pipe will work in the Summit. And um, if, boy, it doesn't take a lot of a lot of. Stove to heat that tent. It's it's, it's pretty impressive when it's working. And then uh, the full kit with the inner tent. Um, there's obviously a couple different ways you can do it. I, I would assume he's talking full kit with the inner tent. I think it's a, around three pounds. Um,
1: yeah, uh, Brendan. On that, another question um, that just comes to mind when when we've got the um, it's talking about the summit stove jack. When it comes to tents, are you primarily always using a tent with a floor?
2: I I pretty much use a tent with a floor. Now, we did use one of these this fall that was set up as like a cook, sh- a cook shack, uh, cook tent, just kind of hangouts. In the middle of mm-hmm. uh, camp, we had one extra on a grizzly bear hunt this spring, just because you can get bad weather. Um, it's nice. It's very roomy, and, and, and you know I haven't been a huge shelter guy, and so it was a, kind of the first time that I've I've used it. Um, I used it a few times um, this this summer. Um, yeah. So a lot of the times when you're using something like that, for me, I, there's bugs around. So for me, the inner tent nothing is worth than trying to sleep when you got bugs on you so whether it's mosquitoes or black flies or whatever like most of the time when I'm doing that it's in Alaska or up north and, and so yeah I've, I've used the inner tent mostly myself but uh, like Alan Bullen he uses, he uses a straight shelter sleeps on the ground all the time loves it um, he'd be a great one to ask too like the um, just I guess it just depends on your style.
1: Primary applications for Versa
2: Jacket? Um, it's really kind of a lifestyle piece um i really like it i'm actually wearing one today um you know it's just a a synthetic inflation jacket and um yeah it's it's kind of a lifestyle piece i've I've been it's probably what i've been primarily wearing the most lately
1: it's a jacket that you know you say lifestyle piece i mean you could see yourself wearing it out in the field but more just around town and and that's what it's designed for yeah Okay. Any plans for a Nalgene water bottle bottle holder for the hip belt?
2: Um, that's a good idea, and I will definitely pass it on. And mess around with it a little bit, but uh, um, plans as far as like a release, like no, not not as of right now. But it's definitely. Uh, um, I, I, I feel your pain, reaching back all the way to the uh, pack, um, and to get your Nalgene out of. Dang! you're toward, toward my shoulder out several times
1: doing that so i, I get it <laughs> oh i love this one make a turkey vest to you please we'll have to get jada to uh develop one dr turkey to make it yep <laughs> um it could be pretty cool to see is the actual did jacket those, did you fit one of those cool turkeys in a turkey vest one well, of those things about
2: 50 pounds
1: Oh my gosh, they're so big. They they don't actually weigh that much, but they are unbelievably big. But uh could you oh, get yeah. one of yeah, you can? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They are
2: huge. It's amazing they yeah, can they, fly.
1: They are huge and they are uh yes, they are huge and, and uh for sure we should try that. Okay, is the Axis jacket warmer than the guide?
2: Yeah, so strategically it's it's got a membrane, um laminated in it so it's uh it's waterproof and windproof in places where basically the best way to think about it is where snow or rain would fall on you um you know top of your shoulders or back so um yes it would be it would be more i would definitely say it's warmer than the guy jacket
1: if that's the question yeah um very similar pieces though to have on and feel other than the fact that the axis jacket wouldn't you say like underarms and stuff it gives you area where you need to breathe, but then on the tops of your shoulders, tops of arms, you know, you've got that waterproof element to a different fabric, just so people understand it. Brendan, it's, yeah. whereas the it's guide a jacket, this, it's yeah, a and, jacket I mean, still. yeah, yeah, but I mean, would you also agree that a lot of, I mean, you could do quite a bit of hunting in the Axis jacket, even in inclement weather with you know spit and snow spit and rain and and still stay pretty dry um you know would you agree
2: well, yeah yeah it's yeah. it's uh yeah it's a great soft shell and it just adds a little more protection with you know a lot of places i have just so much wind that anytime i can add you know something that's
1: windproof i do yeah all right what do you wear in late season elk hunts when it's snowy Good question. Um, lately,
2: uh, I've been late-season sheep hunting quite a bit lately. Uh, I'm I'm really loving the axis pant and uh, and jacket. And, and a lot of times I'll wear, if I'm not wearing that, I'll wear the Kenai. Um, you know, uh, I think the last really cold-weather hunt I just did about a week and a half ago, I wore, yeah, axis pant, 97 Peloton long underwear. I was wearing... 125 merino base layer, a 260 hybrid um, hoodie, and a and a Kenai. And um, sometimes I'll throw in that, that the the Axis, but um, yeah, any of this stuff. You know, it depends on like any of this stuff. It depends on your um, activity level, what the actual temperature is. Um, you know, I've always always got my Superdown Pro jacket and pan in my pack so uh, if those don't keep you warm enough or you know you're sitting glassing over a long
1: period of time then throw those on and, i mean brendan don't you think also it depends on how hot or cold you run some guys run really hot some guys run really cold and so it's it's a little bit hard to kind of without knowing yeah. how someone runs
2: yeah everybody wants to push, put everything towards temperature and, and and at the end of the day it's a it's exertion level, it's uh, it's the climate you're in, it's um, the weather conditions, it's temperature, it's, it, you know, it, there's a lot of different factors. That's the beauty of a layering system is that you can decide um, based on all those factors what what is going to keep you the most comfortable. Uh,
1: any chance of getting 33-inch waist size?
2: No, we make 32 and 34. Um, yeah, I... I I don't see us going to even or to uh, every every size. I mean, if you're, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm I lean more towards a 33 and wear a 32, so I'm, I, I can feel their pain. But um, late season, I wear a 34 if I'm wearing a lot of stuff under. Early season, wear a 32. But as far as building a 33, I'm, I'm I'll lobby for that too. But I think we're gonna lose.
1: Best layers for late season, or excuse me. Best layers for late September elk? That would depend on, you know, again, that, that's going to depend on what you're doing. It's going to depend on the
2: temperature. You know, like l- late season in Montana, we had about five inches of snow this fall and in September. And then, you know, some years it'll be 95 degrees. So I'll be wearing, you know, I would say if it's hot, you know, Tiburon and, and really in the hot weather, I really like the 145 Merino hoodie this year. Like I wore that thing at pile and uh, that's my favorite
1: the, base layer
2: The with the hoodie of the new one
1: yes the the hoodie is mandatory for me because i'm so sensitive to the sun um and I, I like the fact that you know if if like late or early morning or right it when the sun's going down and you need just a little bit of wind coverage or something just to just you know cover up when you're glassing or something i love that 145 hoodie
2: yeah and if it's if it's colder uh and again again it depends on how cold you're talking but uh um you know, Katana pants and, and this fall, I wore, you know, like a 125 base layer and, and the new Pro Merino or just Pro Merino by itself, and uh, that was created. And, again, the layering system allows you to customize your system based on, you know, exertion, temperature, climate, whatever, whatever it is to keep yourself totally regulated.
1: Um, Brendan, back to that question several back where he was talking about late season when it's snowy. And we talked about several different things. Do you still lean towards your rain gear as kind of your outer shell, your hard shell, if you will? Um, Because I know some people, they don't run a hard shell at all, Um, and then some people, you know, run these mid-layers as, like, their outer jacket. I'm just curious if, like, when it comes down to it and you know it's going to be snowing, are you planning on your final layer being um, you know your your Kutana pant or your Kutana jacket. You know, as far as rain jacket, and that's running as your outer shell to protect against snow and such.
2: Um, it it kind of just depends. A lot of it depends on on the temperature as well. You know, like if you if there's going to be wet. You know, like a lot of times in deep snow and it's really pounding, but it it's going to get up. You know, in the thirties or forties during the day, and you're going to be dealing with some wet. And, than, than the hour, depending on you know if it's tons of wind, nothing beats the wind like a hard shell. Um, so it just it just depends. I, I mean, there's a lot of times if you're just you know you're going to be hiking, it's just really cold. It's you know pretty static. There's nothing moving around. Like you know just have a straight, you know it's the axis or and and my super down. It just it just depends. Um, but I, I mean, a hard shell. I pretty much have a hard shell rain gear with me at all times Um, whether I use it or not is one thing but especially on the pants like in late season maybe sometimes I wouldn't use the jacket but you know uh, a a hard shell rain pant in the late season when it's you know a lot of temperature fluctuation and water and you're hiking a lot and you don't really need a primary pant um, or you know I'll I'll definitely do that I don't know if that answers the question or not
1: are you still releasing this year's Mountain Academy online? Uh,
2: I, I don't know. I uh, I assume so. I will. Uh, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that since the last time. Um, I will. Uh, I will get down. I'll find out.
1: Okay. Also, the podcast listeners always ask if you're gonna re- if I'm gonna release that audio. So. Um, thoughts on making a sidearm holster for a pack suspension or as a bino harness attachment?
2: Thought of us making a holster?
1: Yeah, thoughts on making a sidearm holster for a pack suspension or as a bino harness attachment?
2: Um, no, I can't say we've, we've looked into that. There's, there's a lot of those available out there, and, and you know, they're specific to whether it's a handgun or... Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't see we're, we're working on that. We do have places to attach them, obviously, if you, uh, on the especially on, on the new um, suspension uh, we built it in to where it's got a great place to put a, put a sidearm. But as far as us building a sidearm holster,
1: I don't see us getting into that. Uh, doing Arctic Red River... I assume he's talking about Arctic Red River Outfitters. Dull sheep in July. Can we get Ben's gear list from Canole last summer?
2: Sure. Yeah, just shoot me an email. Um, yeah, shoot me an email or J an email for uh, what? Um, yeah, BrendanBFT dot com, and I'll get you my gear list. I uh, was super happy with it and perfect for what you're doing.
1: Uh, first light user looking to possibly switch. Push me over the edge.
2: Oh, like we talked about earlier, um, and I'm not super familiar with all their product, but and, and it's not really about that. I, I would just say better technology, better designs. Um, you know, you can look at a couple things that we build, like um, like the full-zip long underwear. It's just uh, one of those products where um, I don't know how you'd hunt without it. So um, really just if you compare things head-to-head, uh, again, if you're comparing price, you're going to be very impressed with what we do. If you're comparing performance, you're going to be more impressed.
1: Uh, super down ultra versus pro which is best for what temperature ranges generally
2: so i wouldn't say again we're talking temperature range i I don't know it depends on how you run but i would say one is um, the most packable lightest insulation um, you can take versus kind of a standalone the most warmth you can pack Um, so i personally run pretty cold and when i really need some extra warmth i i it's worth it for me to pack the extra weight. I, I pretty much carry the the Super Down Pro. I would say ninety nine percent of the time. I do have Ultra, but I I can't recall using it this year. Especially if you think you could get some bad weather or unsupported hunt where you, know, you get soaked. And you know, like I said, I for me the Super Down Pro. It's worth a little bit of extra weight to carry it. But if you're an ounce counter and 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 the lightest, most packable thing is what you're after that's why we built a super down alter and it's it's phenomenal
1: yep uh when is the pro merino coming out
2: um it came out it sold out in a limited release and we have more coming very soon
1: uh well before we get to the next question pro merino tell people what pro merino is compared to ultra merino
2: so pro merino is a um the, the best way to describe it is the it's a it's a it's a, a mid layer base layer that's the perfect hydrophilic and hydrophobic combination so it, it it's a it's a seventeen and a half micron it, so first thing it is that we've had a few questions of the, it's not a blend like it's a, definitely not a blend it's a double sided or two layered net so it's a seventeen micron New york merino next to skin with a high performance polyac Eyelet that enhances breathability and increases the dry time, um, basically from your skin perspiration all the way to evaporation. It is an awesome, it is awesome product. I I used it on every hunt I did this fall. I, it's by far my favorite um, thing that we've built as far as a mid layer, um, a a, a little more substantial, and especially if you're looking for one thing that can kind of do it all. Um, It's designed to just enhance the, the natural antimicrobial of, of merino and the moisture management properties of a really good poly. So it's it's a it's an awesome product.
1: <laughs> Next question. Why don't they make sizes that actually fit? Their 3XL is like other companies, XL or 2XL.
2: <laughs> um, we are working extreme. Well, first of all, we, we run a mountaineering cut, so our stuff is a little more athletic cut and I we definitely hear that a bunch. Um, uh, we are working very hard. Um, we have some, some new people on board that and one of their main uh, tasks is really to standardize our sizing. Now, I'm not gonna say it's gonna fit like everybody else as always, but it will definitely be more consistent as kuyu Got a
1: question here. Hi guys, great year but when can I six foot six foot six guy buy your pants in a longer inseam?
2: Right now. you got a 37-inch inseam with, uh, with the ability to run it out to 39. If you need longer than that, um, you're probably going to have to buy two pairs of pants and cut the legs off of one of them and <laughs> sew them on the bottom of the other.
1: Uh, for Yao Ming out there. Um, yeah. Let's see. Is the Kutana soft shell with 3D FX a good do-all jacket
2: um, a good do-all jacket I, I would say it's a, it's a hybrid fleece and insulation piece more so I, I used it quite a bit this fall um, it's a great a great mid-layer I wouldn't say it was a do-all jacket I would lean towards you know for me a jacket I prefer to have a hood um, it does not have a hood I guess if you don't want a hood but I, I wouldn't call it a jacket I it it's more of a, a hybrid mid-layer
1: it is super comfortable though. I love. Yeah. I mean, it's it's super comfortable.
2: And it it's body map uh, for high exertion. You know, it's it's uh yeah, it's a really nice piece.
1: Any plans on a Kutana snap shirt or something similar?
2: I would say not at this time. It really wouldn't make sense. But yeah, not at this time that I know. Of.
1: Short of traveling to Dixon to try something on, will you ever consider free return shipping? Free
2: um, shipping. Uh, that's a great question. And over my, like, I, I don't see that happening right now, um, but that's, again,
1: just not a question I can really even answer. It's not something we've
2: really addressed.
1: I would also maybe say... Um, make sure you get out to the shows where Kuyu's at, and Kuyu's going to be at a bunch of shows this year where you can try on a bunch of the different stuff, right, Brendan? Where, you know, yeah, if, yeah, if you've got to travel everything. a little bit, um, I think they're even going back east as well um, to the Harrisburg show. Correct me yep. if I'm wrong, but I think I think they are. Uh, so get out to those shows and, and come talk to it, come feel it. You know, go try it on and see what works best for you there. Uh Warmest soft-shell jacket?
2: Warmest soft-shell I'd definitely say the Axis is what I would call But If it's just a straight, what's the warmest one? It would be the Axis.
1: Could Yukon be used in place of soft-shell for durability purposes?
2: For sure, yeah. I mean, and that's one of the ways, you know, we designed the Yukon for for high durability, and it's it's kind of a dual purpose. I mean, at, at some point in time between your insulation piece of the Yukon Especially if you're primarily wearing your rain gear a lot, um, you, can, you can basically substitute that for a soft shell plus it's waterproof. And I've done that on a few hunts. You know, there's a lot of guys, guides do that a lot. You know, they wear, you know, they have their inflation piece and the Yukon as their, as their primary jacket. So you definitely can,
1: yeah. Uh, best pant for hunting in Arizona, New Mexico year-round.
2: I would say probably uh I, I obviously depends on time of year or whatever but the katana was is, really was built for for those kids for you guys um you know you got everything that's freaking pokes you and you know need a more durability and rocks that are rip everything and so it's i mean Jade would be a better one to answer that but
1: I mean, I definitely think for most all of the hunts, with the exception of, say, like maybe the late elk hunts, or maybe even possibly a December cooster hunt where it can get snowy, can get cold, I mean, the the Kutana pan is going to be the go-to for pretty much everything. Um, And then, you know, possibly then I would go to uh, late elk hunting, I'd probably go to the axis pant. Uh, would probably be my next one where, you know, you're going to encounter snow, you're going to encounter, you know, being wet and and cold. But I mean, the Kutana is definitely, uh, if you guys out there in New Mexico and Arizona have not tried the Kutana pant, you need to. Now, Brendan, I would say the Kutana pant for me um, does always seem to come, I have to order the next size up. I'm curious if you have run into that on the Kutana pant. Is that something that's going to run true uh, do people need to order a size up um is that going to stay the same or is that is that going to be addressed as well
2: yeah I, i've pretty much been the same size of everything i wear a 32 like in a pan on that so um i haven't found that but okay. you know it, it, yeah it depends on the time of year too <laughs> not, <laughs> not, because, not, yeah. bec- not because of uh temperature but because of
1: yeah the personal sizing how many brownies i've been eating Uh, and and a lot of that too, Brendan, when you, when any company hears of sizing issues, a lot of times too, that could be someone that's right at the upper end of a certain sizing spectrum. Wouldn't you say that, you know, maybe a certain piece and certain, like you said, a certain time of year with, you know, maybe in the off season when, you know, you're not exerting yourself as much, it's going to feel a little more snug. Um, but I think any company is going to run into guys that are, you know, let's say right at the top of a 32-spectrum or 34-size spectrum that, you know, gets something and it's a, it's a little snug.
2: Yeah, and, and like I said, we are working very hard on, uh, like, I can't say as far as sizing-wise how it's going to fit compared to everything else because that's not why we do it, but consistency is is really something we are pushing and, and, and working very hard on,
1: just consistent fit. Got a question here. Are they worth the money? I assume they're just the saying, is Kuyu worth the money? I would say you can't afford not to, um, and yes, yeah.
2: worth every I agree. Uh,
1: can you make the pants in a 36 or longer inseam? Yes, guys, we've we have we a, got it. We've answered that. Yeah, one. It uh, I, I, I'm going to check in the morning if we're not sold out of the tax. <laughs> uh, okay, we're, 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 you
2: know, no more, yes, they're long now, we got it.
1: <laughs> um. We answered this. Can you make the elements jacket in camo? Yeah,
2: and again, we just it can't be printed in camo because of the baffle design required uh, for that fiber ball insulation. Those the fiber ball is a pretty interesting um, technology, in the fact that it is a versus a synthetic insulation, it is actually a synthetic down plume. Um, and there'll be some more stuff coming out about that. We're gonna we're gonna tell a little bit of that technology story coming up, but it's a it's a really cool thing. It's it's basically a a synthetic imitation of a down plume, um, you know, versus what normally is just you know synthetic insulation, which is, you, you, you know, um, whatever you know, like whether it's PrimaLoft or 3D, you know, it's, it's it's definitely a different technology. But it can be printed in camo as of right now. Uh,
1: what is the new Pro Merino? You covered that. Uh, what new products could you give us a sneak peek at?
2: I'm not going to be able to give you a sneak peek at anything, but there's some coming very
1: shortly. So it won't be long. You won't have to wait long. Man, just totally leaves us hanging here. Uh, let's see. How is Kuyu doing without Jason? Health of company?
2: Company's doing great. Um, we just uh, we have an incredible company with amazing people. Uh, we have finished up most successful year we've ever had, and uh, we you know I would just say we're driving forward with. All the principles that Jason founded the company on, continuing to to do everything that we've done since the beginning, and uh, that's the uh, that's uh, that is definitely the path forward. So yeah, everything is going going very well.
1: I think too, Brendan, watching how Kuyu's done after Jason's gone. I mean, I'm sure you wake up every day and you're thinking, okay, what would Jason? You know, what would my buddy, my hunting partner, like? You just keep plowing and you just keep innovating and keep doing what you were doing when Jason was here, right? I mean...
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, you just, you know, like, everything changed but nothing changed. The, the focus is the same. Um, and I, you know, everybody, like, he, 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 we wouldn't want to, you know, let his vision down or, or him down. Like, I mean, we look at everything. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to build the best product, solve the problems for, for every hunter and, 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 Stick to the, the principles that were that created the great brand. Like that's that's the goal every single day.
1: Awesome. Uh, talk about the improvements to the backpack. What needed to be changed? So we
2: really took a took a new look at the pack when we started, and it was a long time coming. Um, and actually, I don't, I don't. People won't really realize how long it. it we we really basically deconstructed the pack. Um, we redeveloped the hip belt. Um, to fit more body types with better hip contacts, which is what we found was just making it not carry loads as well as it could um, for some people. Um, and what it did, it improved the comfort and load carrying capabilities. Um, we have really focused on developing what we feel is the best modular pack system ever built, and, and it gives you the ability to, you know, whether, you know, you're scouting, day hunting, expedition hunting unsupported backpack hunting hauling big loads like that that's that's really been the focus of the pack and you know if you haven't tried one of the pro packs um i I, you're really gonna really gonna love it
1: how quickly can kuyu move to make new products i think it means compared to to the competition yeah
2: yeah, I would say quicker than anybody else, um, depending on, obviously, it's got to be tested. Obviously, you know, we we push, whether it's Toray or, you know, for for new technologies and, and the problems that we need to solve. But, I mean, I will say once we get something to where we feel it's ready it's ready for consumers and that we approve that's been fully tested, we can move very quickly. And the beauty of our business model is we don't have to wait to January 1 to release the new stuff during the year. I mean, if anybody follows our company, we release stuff year-round all the time when it's ready to go.
1: Any boots for more lower 48 hunting coming out not as stiff and technical as the Rebel Ks?
2: As the Rebel K. Well, the power evolution would, would fall in that class, I would say. And then, uh, yeah, as far as the new boots for year, we're just going to have to wait and, and see. We're always testing new things, and, um, you know, there's always something new coming which, that's cool, but I, I can't quite
1: throw it out there. Just dangling the carrot in front of my nose. Okay. Um, What shows will Kuyu be at so we can try gear on?
2: So this year we will be at, um, I guess, next week, Dallas Safari Club, and then uh, the Wild Sheep Show, and then regular Safari Club, uh, SCI, um, and then the Salt Lake Show, Western Conservation um the Harrisburg show we're doing this year, which is the first time out east, and then Pope and Young, I believe, are the six shows that we're doing.
1: Any new gloves in the works?
2: Ken, you're just gonna have to wait and see. We do have some in the works, it. but uh nothing that I can that I can tell you about
1: can't even throw this podcast a bone at all. There's nothing. I will
2: at some point, but, yeah, we, yeah. we, we went over plenty, and so let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <have to> wait.
1: <laughs> Any chance of a much wider-brimmed boonie hat, more sun, sun coverage? Okay, I love this question because I would love to see a wider-brimmed boonie hat myself.
2: All right, well... Um, I would say there's a pretty good chance of that. There's nothing that I know that's in the works, but I will definitely pass that on. I, I believe we have the technology to solve that problem if that if that is uh, if there's some demand behind that.
1: Okay. Uh, can we get more gear lists for specific hunts from Brendan and Kuyu? Yes, that is something
2: I am personally working on um, as we speak, and there will be some more coming shortly in the spring. Um, a lot of different. Uh, very detailed gear lists, and that's, that's one project that I'm personally taking on. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to, um, to get that done shortly. So, yeah.
1: And, Brendan, just to be clear, those gear lists are one that, you know, you've done lots and lots of hunts and you've made mistakes and you've figured things out that you want, but you're constantly editing your gear list, are you not?
2: Always changing, yeah. And, and some of it depends on you know, where you're going, the more places you go, you know, what's better, you know, for example, there, there's not one size fits all on a gear list. It's, you know, if you're going to Alaska and it's a little later in the year, I would take a four season tent. If you're going August 1st, you can get by with a three season 10. Um, depends, I, I like to make them as specific as possible based on experience um, that, that I've that I personally had. And, you know, some of them, you're trying to save as much weight as possible. Some of them, it's going to be a, a dogfight you're going to be in you, you need durability um some of them you know it's longer expedition just it, I, I try and have one that that'll kind of cover everything and then you know there's a lot of personal preference in there too and i always tell people like listen just just because that's the way i do it or i've done it over the the hunts that i've done doesn't mean it's the only way um it's something to take a look at and and as i always say you know just you know the gear list we have, like. gearless it may not be totally perfect for you, but uh, I would just say I wouldn't I wouldn't get a gear list from somebody that hasn't done it, so it's going to be a little bit closer uh, to to what you're going to need. And, and a lot of times, we've you know done the exact same hunt or something that's extremely that's very similar.
1: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to would you take financial advice from you know doesn't have his finances in order the answer was there's a lot of people that do take financial advice from people that don't have their finances in order but the smart people don't yeah uh,
2: you want to tap into people and look whether it's me or, or your guys over there I mean I, I say you up with a pretty couple pretty good gear lists uh, for your hunts um, I would think
1: yeah and I mean that's the thing too like getting your gear lists and then taking them it makes me think about each you know using your gear list as a as a base and then thinking and then even following up and saying you know why did you decide this or that and then you saying oh yep. simple because i was hunting a little bit different than where you're going or this you know so but it's great to be able to get you know cognitively thinking about each piece and why you need it and having that checklist so that literally when you're out there on an unsupported backpack hunt, you don't, you're do not you not missing anything. That's the importance of a list, you, you know, because it's so easy to forget one small thing and all of a sudden, you know, you don't have the right glove and you've got 10 days or 14 days of, mis- you know, being miserable. Yeah,
2: it's just a good thing to consider, too. And, and, and again, it allows you to make your own decisions on what, what is most important to you. Some guys, it's worth a little bit more weight. Like for me, it's worth a little bit more weight in, in my gear list to take, you know, super down pro if it gets really cold like i you know i'm not a i'm a thin guy and i sometimes i get really cold so it's worth a little bit more to me there's some things that people take that like is absolutely not worth it for me to carry and you know like on the food food front as well you know my recommendations on food you know i was a college wrestler i don't eat as much as normal people if you know i'm i'm seventy five. 175 if you take my gear list my food list and you're 64 240 you're gonna die. Probably, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you will be 30. seriously miserable <laughs> going off of my food. That's that's just basic math, but um, it'll get you started as as to you know the types of things that you want to use, and and then you got to you, you you know again, it all boils down to somebody. You, you're gonna have to figure out what what's gonna work best for you, and that's why trying stuff out and you know using it ahead of time is is so important. I mean, uh, the best gear list on the planet. I mean, you know, again saving weight or whatever, but, you know, being in shape and, you know, having used it before or whatever, that that those are important things as well. It just gives you the, just empowers you to, to be able to make your own decisions.
1: The final question here, can you make a double Kutana layered pant for busting Arizona brush?
2: I have actually heard that quite a bit and uh, I will certainly <laughs> pass that on and, I mean, if the question is can we make it, of, of course we can make it. Uh, we have the technology to do that, but um yeah i will definitely pass it on um i know you've you said it a couple times and i saw a couple of those questions pop up and something i will definitely pass on and probably get in the works for some testing
1: awesome brendan so the show's coming up um you're going to be at the shows i encourage the listeners to come up find brendan uh bend his ear um and meet meet you in person Uh, are there any shows that you're going to be at personally that you mentioned earlier
2: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be at uh, at all. Uh, I won't be at the Harrisburg show, but I will be at. Uh, I'm headed for Dallas Wednesday. Um, so Dallas Safari Club, Wild Sheep, uh, or, or SCI, which is in Reno this year, and then uh, Western Conservation. will be around. Love to love to meet anybody and say hey. And if you have any questions, just grab me. I'm uh, bald guy standing in the booth, blonde hair.
1: Used to be. Blonde, <laughs> so. um, looks like a college wrestler.
2: <laughs> Not so much anymore, but uh back in the day. But uh yeah, and then like I said, it, um you know, fall's over now, the hunting season's basically about done, so um any more questions, shoot them over. The more specific the better. Um Jay and I are gonna uh do this uh, more frequently now that hunting season's over and apologize that hunting season gets in the way, but that's probably gonna be a yearly apology, so we'll just move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on buddy well i look forward to seeing it the shows myself i'm going to be at the western hunting uh, and conservation expo in salt lake city uh, so for the listeners out there i'd uh, love to see you as well and uh, again uh, brendan thanks for coming on thanks for sharing us uh, with us uh, congratulations on your dull sheep hunts and always love uh, hearing and, and seeing your adventures uh, and I look forward to seeing it at the show, and thanks for spending time answering the questions. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the Kuyu customers, uh, I can speak for myself, but it's great getting, you know, right from the horse's mouth, so to speak, and uh, getting some of that inside of someone that, you know, does it and uh, routinely does it and goes on sheep hunts and goes on these, you know, unsupported backpack hunts and has done it, and, um, you know, that knowledge is... It's great to be able to have access to, so I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, buddy, God bless you. Okay.
2: Well, same to you. Thanks, Jay. And then, like I said, anybody, uh, yeah, you can shoot me an email. Brendan you is my uh, is my email. And then, uh, and and any like send them in to Jay. The more specific, the better. Um, yeah, always enjoy it. Always learning. And uh,
0: yeah, appreciate the uh, appreciate the input. So we'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy.
1: Take care.